This is the Global Service Associates Podcast, and I'm your host, Andy McCullough. community connections for global service associates and so this is our first episode of a community connections podcast for global service associates and we have the privilege today to hear from carolyn culbertson and so carolyn welcome thank you and uh why don't you give a little bit of background like uh, where you live a little bit taste of who you are and everything well, I live in the Northwest on uh, an island in the in the San Juan Islands. So it's beautiful and it's wet. And uh, uh, my husband and I, Terry, were in Europe with with crew for 14 years. Our kids were yeah. born all born in Europe. We moved back here in 1994, and. Um, okay. Since then, I've I'm still I was on still on staff with Crew for a number of years, and I retired on nineteen. No, <laughs> <laughs> I retired in twenty nineteen. That's yeah. It. Hey, all the years run together. So do run I together. did the same thing. I can't remember what year I joined. Sometimes I go, wait a minute, it's not right. So. And uh, so 2019, you joined Global Service. I joined Global Service. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, so we have three kids, three grandchildren. Uh They all live, the grandchildren and their parents live in Moscow, Russia. So I don't get to see them too often. And and a son who lives in Seattle and a daughter and a son-in-law who live here in Anacortes. Okay. Anacortes is the town. On the island. On the island, yes. And so a little bit of geography. You're due south of Vancouver, is that right? Yes, we're halfway between Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, and Seattle. Oh, okay. So that's, that's a good, most yes. people could probably figure that out or Google it. Or... A mile from the ferry terminal that goes to the San Juan Island. So lots of people wow. have been through our town. May not have yeah. stopped, but they've been through. Yeah. I. I haven't, but I've been in that area. I honeymooned in Victoria, and actually, we spent a couple of nights in Vancouver and stuff. So, yeah, it's a beautiful area. If you're going to retire, but you've been there longer than you retired. But if you're going to retire, that's a good place to retire, I guess, right? It it is. Um, uh, my husband grew up here, so okay. when we moved back from Europe, I was known as, "Oh, you're Rolly's oldest boy's wife." You, you went somewhere, <laughs> you, you did go somewhere, but it's okay because we're back now. <laughs> yeah. And I say retired, you didn't, I mean, you retired from crew, but you kept doing the same work. You just did it under us, right? That yes, that's right. Yeah. I found in crew the recent years, I was doing more and more of providing spiritual direction and uh-huh. formation, spiritual formation resources for teams and, and individuals, both in the US and overseas. 
And um, so I still do that, not just for crew staff, but for a number of others. Um, so I just do it from my home on Zoom now. Wow. Yeah. You were Zooming before the pandemic. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So I had the opportunity, there were a few of us at an Edmonds. Uh, Washington Retreat. Edmonds is in another little bedroom community of Seattle, and we gathered in the fall. And um, interesting side note, we were, we were, I asked Carolyn if she would do a talk on leadership, spiritual leadership. She said, I'll do any talk but that. And I go, you talk on whatever you want to, Carolyn. I don't really care. Uh, I told Andy, I, I don't really know anything about leadership, so I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> well, yeah, and somebody was telling me we needed to do it on that. So that's a that's all topic. <laughs> so I was more, it was really quite interesting because the things that you shared, but you shared them in a, in a, in a better way. I was thinking that would be a great topic uh, for us. So it was a lot about our calling. And so I've, I've asked Carolyn not only just to share a little bit of her life and the work she does, but to kind of give us a, a little insight into maybe the things she shared at that conference. And so I know, Carolyn, you had written a paper on this and, and taken a class at seminary. So I'll, I'll just let you give a little bit of your understanding of calling. Yeah, I became interested in this when I was taking a class in um, uh Ministry and Spirituality, which was taught by Eugene Peterson at Regent College in Vancouver. And um, uh, at the time, the paper that we had to write was, you had to write a paper describing what is your ministry? What is it that God's given you to do now? And then what are the pitfalls and the temptations that would keep you from doing that well with holiness? And then what do you need in your life, the habits and practices you need in your life in order to live that calling out well? Well, at the time, I we moved back from Europe because my husband had a brain tumor. And so I didn't know what we were doing in terms of job or ministry. I, I was just trying to survive. I was looking after um, my our three children. I was doing a lot of driving to soccer practice in my minivan. I was looking after elderly parents and yeah. taking my husband to his, you know, rehabilitation classes. And I'm like, my calling. <laughs> Earlier, I think I I felt like I knew what that was. You know, we were missionaries and we were right. behind the Iron Curtain, and uh, you know, we that was that was something, right? But yeah. now what is it? So it was so important, that paper. It was so almost prophetic. It helped me to think differently about calling and it kind of clarified some things and set the trajectory for me for really for the rest of my life. Um, so um, what I, what I learned in that time has, um, enabled me to have a sense of what it is that I do that's not dependent on my job. It's bigger than that. And it can show up in lots of different jobs. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Um, but it's what God has given me to do that I, so I can make choices about what I do and what I don't do and also figure out, okay, what would keep me from doing this? Well, what are the pitfalls? So it's been really, really important to me, that paper. Well, that's great. What, when you started examining that, <clears throat> Carolyn, and so here you are, a soccer mom and caretaker for your husband with a brain tumor. And by the way, he, how's he doing he, right now? He's doing really well. He has some long-term uh, long disabilities, but it's, it's uh -huh. manageable and he does, he does great. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. My Terry with Terry. with a brain injury is still more capable than most people without. <laughs> yeah. And how long has he has he had this brain injury? Um, he had um, the tumor was removed in 1993 when we were living in England, wow. and um, so he's had he's been on disability with from crew since then. He still works a lot, but uh -huh. um, but not in a an official capacity. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, go back. I just thought we should let everyone know how Terry's doing. So here you are, caretaker for Terry. You're caring for aging parents. <clears throat> you, you're a soccer mom. And uh, so what, what did you land on when you started examining your own calling? What do you feel like God was showing through this process? One thing that really helped me was um, uh, Gordon Smith, who wrote a book called Courage and Calling, describes calling or vocation um, as participation in the work of God as creator, redeemer, governor. So we're participating in the work of God. So that's broad. And he describes three levels of calling. Um, our general calling is the calling we all have as human beings, as Christians, to love God, to, to, um, to live holy lives, to serve, to give. Those are things that are just the given. Sure. And then there's a specific calling. Um, and that is, what is it that God gives you particularly? What is it that you bring to this world? Um, what is it that shows up like a thread through all the different roles and jobs and seasons of your life? Um, that's, that is the thing that makes you say, yes, this, this is what I do. This is what I want to do. This is what yeah. I want to give to the world, that thing. Yeah. And then there's a third one that's immediate calling. And that is, what is it that God's put in front of me to do right now? Um, and, you know, very mundane, the human things, you know, all the things that he's given us to do right now. And I am convinced that when we pay attention to our general calling, when we practice that, when we live into that, and our immediate calling, the things that God puts in front of us, that our specific calling, that thread becomes clear over time. And so as we listen to our stories, our experiences, we listen to our heart and our desires and the ways we've shown up in the world, it becomes more and more clear. I don't think that we, most of us really know what that specific calling is, or we can verbalize that until somewhere around midlife, somewhere, you know, after the age of 40, because up until then, 
you're getting a lot of data points and then you have all that yeah. together. Yeah. Would you say um, that our specific calling, you talk about a thread, could there be a change in that? Like maybe something happens or a new revelation, um, a new sense of, of God's calling, or does it, does it still kind of follow the same thing, but maybe a little different in that specific? Well, I mean, I could be totally wrong on this and I'd love to hear what people have discovered about their own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, it seems like it, it takes a different form, but there's okay. something that's consistent. Like, uh, like Terry, for example, my husband, he, mm -hmm. um, he was a, a campus director with crew. He was, um, he was a country director for our ministry in Eastern Europe. He, he did a number of things. Um, and then he had this brain tumor. He could no longer right. do the things. He right. would work for his brother and he um, would do things like organize the tools so that people could do their work. Now, what emerged, what became clear is that Terry's calling is to create environments in which people thrive. Okay. And that's what he did as a director. That's what he did as a dad. That's what he does as a husband. <laughs> showed up in every single thing that he does. He helps huh. create environments in which people thrive. And so I think that kind of thread is, um, that's what I would call the specific calling. And um, it's almost like it can't help but show up. It's like, yeah. wherever you are, I think you could be in, you know, in the old folks home and uh -huh. it would still uh -huh. show up in some way. Uh-huh. No, that's really helpful because I think sometimes I look at my own life and my own history and I say, well, there was a change at a point, but maybe it's a process of digging a little deeper yeah. and going, okay, what what is that thread? Even when I might have been more on the proclamation side in the beginning and now more in the um, serving aspect uh, the demonstration of the kingdom of god or the, or the good news now what what's a common thread that still happens even in the midst of that change yeah it's and really so helpful often, Carol. It, it shows up in the story it's like when you told your story and i hope that you'll somebody will interview you for one of these <laughs> when you told your story at the retreat um it was so it was such a great story of how god um, shows up and highlights almost that thread. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's what happens. And someone asked me one time, you know, how do you know, how do you discover your, your calling? And I think it's in the stories that you, the, the stories of your life, the things that are really highlighted in your mind and in your, your heart. Um, Eugene Peterson's book, Pastor, is a good illustration of this. Okay. It's his memoir. And every chapter is a story from his life. And it mm. kind of ends with how that story shaped who he is as a pastor. Okay. Yeah. It's, great. It's, a, it's a great example of that. Oh, that's good. Well, not to cut off, people may still have more questions about this, which I, I think at the end will give them ways they can connect and maybe um, 
continue to dive in and, and learn about this. But what are your stories? What are the what what do you feel like your personal calling is and maybe some of the stories that that kind of brought that out for you? The the first one that brought it out, which I wrote about in that paper and yeah. helped me to discover was um, when my husband was in the hospital in England, he was in, in hospital, not in the hospital because we were in England. So he was <laughs> in hospital for- Oh, so you dropped the article. Yeah, you don't say the- Did you have a Cockney accent, by the way? Oh, no, I didn't have oh, an accent no. at all. Because um, okay. I knew that anything- Or high. You didn't sound like the queen or anything. Oh, no, no. Okay. But my kids, my kids totally did. Uh, but, okay. Um, but he was in hospital for 60 days in this ward, wow. this 16 bed ward that was built in Victorian era. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, there was a tea lady who came around in that um, every, every institution in, in England at that time, maybe still had as a tea lady comes around yeah. a couple times a day and brings your tea, which was very welcome. And um, her name was Sophie, and she was Ghanaian, and she, uh, you just knew by her face that she was a believer. Wow. And so she yeah. would bring tea, and she would, you know, smile, and she would admonish me, you know, at different times. And um, and so watching her that time, I saw that she was not the most important person in the room. Mm. Um, I saw that she she prayed and she said this I said oh Sophie I think you're an angel and she laughed and she said you know these doctors here they um I pray for every patient and they God heals them and the doctors take all the credit <laughs> <laughs> and that, that presence of she brings the tea she prays she shows up for people um, she accompanies them and God brings healing that became such a picture to me of ministry, not the important person, not the doctor, not the one who has all the answers, but the person who, who shows up there with the tea and the prayer yeah. and listening yeah. and waiting, watching for God's healing. Wow. So, so um, part of that emerged at, um, in what I do in spiritual direction, because I really, I really believe most days that God is at work, always at work. He's always doing something, even though it doesn't look like it. And um, our part is to pay attention to what he's doing. And um, we need others to accompany us in that, to help us pay attention and to help, help us see and hear and respond to what God is up to. Um, so I think that's that's really what I'm given to do. And I, in a sense, um, standing in that place of seeing God show up in the world, in the dark places, has yeah. always been the thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, won I once had, which I suppose you could call a vision, but that sounded too grand, <laughs> um, <laughs> in a train station in England, really dark, wet, gloomy winter afternoon. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like I could see like a window in that, like a window that was bright and life-giving and 
sunlight coming in. And to me, it was like, I want to, I want to stand in that light and help others to see that too. Wow. And that was cool. That was always the case for me. I think even in evangelism, it's like God's mm -hmm. here and I want to, I want to help people see that he's, show, he's showing up here, even here. Mm -hmm. So, Wow. That's, that's really cool, Carolyn. Um, what are some of the specific things like maybe you're doing now to live out a calling or have in that where you've seen that? Well, I think in early years, it was, it showed up in more evangelism. Right. And, um, and then in, you know, teaching and speaking and, and Bible studies, I led a Bible study in my kitchen while, you know, while I was raising kids in England for 10 years, every Wednesday morning. And that was my education. Um, I think something that was, that became really critical was going through this experience with my husband. And then my daughter, our daughter has Lyme disease and she, um, she was really bedridden for about seven years. And it was, yeah, it was um, an agonizing time, you know, the whole journey. Um, I would never have chosen it. I would never have chosen um, looking after my parents and accompanying them to their deaths. I would never have chosen all this caregiving that I've had in my life. I'm a lousy caregiver. I don't like it. I would never have chosen it. But going through those things um, has given me the ability to be with people in some of the darkest periods of their life. Yeah. To just be with them and not panic and not give them fixes, but just to recognize that God's at work here and um, um, you don't have to fix it or escape it. So I don't think I could have done what I do now. I could do what I'm doing now in, in spiritual companionship if it hadn't been for all that stuff. Yeah. So I think that was one of the ways, it was a gift. They were gifts in some way, although really hard to you know, admit that or say that. Right. I couldn't do what I'm doing now if it weren't for that. Well, you know, I, as you were sharing, I kept picturing Sophie. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you were doing the same, you know, and even as you, you said, you know, the, you couldn't heal. There's the healer, the doctor, and I think we we write. We want to give the accolades to those who are at that position, and yet everyone needs um, healing and someone to come alongside them and to to minister to them, to be present with them in the midst of the pain and the darkness, but to um, not draw attention to themselves but to God and to the real healer. I also think of how, you know, I think we, <clears throat> this really struck me, sorry, it, just something you shared made me think of this, you know, when Jesus met um, Peter and Andrew and James and John, and I, I think it's in the 
the Gospel of Luke, or maybe it's Matthew. It's one of the two accounts. He he calls them, you know, to be fishers of men, and he said, "Follow me, and I'll 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 show you." And you know, probably how Peterson writes it. I'll show you how to fish for fish for people, and then right away. Jesus is healing people. You know, we think, oh, well, well, he should be doing evangelism training or well, whatever. That's the how you really fish for men. Or I'm going to teach you how to be a great eloquent speaker. But he takes them and shows them in that environment of healing. And sometimes we brush over that. Yeah. I think that God is like, that's part of fishing that's part of the ministry he calls us in is to help bring healing into people's lives and in the world so yeah i just want to encourage you with that i think that's a it's a great thing um and then and then now specifically what are what are some of the things that that you're doing you said you do a lot of zoom calls and people accrue but outside of crew um um yeah, I do spiritual direction and vocational direction. A lot of um, a lot of people that are in transition and right. trying to be like, what is it that God's invited me to next, and helping yeah. accompany them. A lot of vocational, and then and then resources. I um, I I've always lo- I've always loved to give people books, of course, and um, quotes, and so I part of it is just directing people towards good good resources and um and so yeah so i do that sometimes retreats and speaking although um i haven't missed the traveling in these last few years i have to say yeah Yeah. well who wants to leave that island right where you are that's right yeah i think one of the things that's that's um really helpful about an understanding and even I really encourage people to write a paper like I did had to because one of the things that's really helpful is to clarify okay what are the things that can hinder that would hinder me in this calling you know and um uh there those are the temptations that come from either the outside or the inside that uh, that can that can sabotage us and we've all seen it with people yeah. Um, you know, for me, the temptation to be the healer, to be the important person, was one of the things that came up in this Sophie paper. And yeah. part of the training that God had for me was just being a caregiver and looking after people when I didn't want to. And they and it was long and they weren't necessarily getting well, you know. Right. Um, so I think um, there's so there's so many pitfalls, especially in some kind of in vocational ministry. There are a lot of pitfalls that we can fall into, and every calling, whether it's vocational ministry or anything else, every calling has its pitfalls and temptations, and you have to just know what they are for that calling and for you. And then that helps you to decide, okay, what are the habits I need in my life? What do I need to build into my life to avoid those? And that's um, everything from spiritual disciplines 
and practices to, I realized I needed to read books. I needed to study. That was part of, part of my calling. And so I didn't have to feel guilty about sitting down reading books anymore. And that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think one thing that you shared, we realized in our retreat, it was an interesting retreat because not every global service member is from the crew world. It just so happened that our retreat was. And I just, it was just thinking about someone who had been in that world. And now you, you come alongside people that you're, you're outside, that you understand their, their world a little bit. I'm sure that is a huge benefit of you're, you're a safe person. You don't have, you're not the boss coming in that could fire them for the things they care about, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's been a gift. And I, I have to say, I, I, I love that our crew, the crew staff, there's just such great people by and large, you know, and um, I love the people that I've met and worked with over the years and gotten to know. And, um, and every, every system, every organization, every institution um, has its limitations and and pitfalls. You can't avoid, you can't escape them by going someplace else. I'm sure global services has some too. I just haven't no, been long to figure no. it out. <laughs> but yeah, we with size, you know, with size, they get more pronounced. They can get more pronounced. Right. Right. So I I think one of the values of identifying your calling is you can recognize okay, where, this is what God's given me to do. Where is it that I should do it? Um, That's always a secondary question. You know, it's not the first. Where does God want to deploy me? And is this the place that he has for me to do this? Um, And then, well, what are the, what are the possible pitfalls of this uh, for, for me? And how can I resist them? Because if you're in, you know, if you're a pastor of a big church that, you know, you're a good preacher and money comes in because the people come to hear you, that is a big pitfall, as we all have heard. And, um, but every, every calling has them. They may not be as visible as that one, right, right. but it has, every calling has them and we need to identify what ours are so that we can, so that we can um, build habits and disciplines into our life to so we'll live out our vocation with holiness that's what eugene peterson talks about vocational holiness okay great well um caroline i think what i'd like to do is maybe if someone wanted to read your paper or connect more on this how how would they go about doing that what can we do to make it available the paper is on my website, which is carolynculbertson.com. It's, it just sounds so official, but when I retired from crew, I, my son made me the website. I'm like, okay. So um, a, a lot of resources are on there, including a paper on vocational holiness. Um, and the paper that I wrote, it's called um, What I Learned from Sophie. And um and a number of other resources. And also you can contact me through the website, carolynculbertson.com. Okay, well, yeah. that's great. And if you haven't, if anybody hasn't been to one of the 
GSA retreats yet. I really encourage you. I mean, I don't know if all of them are like that. Someone said, well, what did you do on your retreat? And was like, well, we talked, we ate, and we talked about where to eat next. <laughs> <clears throat> and we laughed. We laughed a lot. We laughed and laughed. We had some stories. It was yeah. really encouraging to be with really like like-minded people and people that were pretty pretty clear on what they've been called to do and out there doing it, whether it's big or small, it was very refreshing. Well, thank you for that plug. We will have retreats again in the fall. We try to do them geographically, uh, though you can go to any of them. You know, um, it doesn't have to be in your time zone. And sometimes they're a little closer than others. I realize we, because some, our, our members are spread out a little bit. But um, yeah, that I, I agree. I think every global service retreat I've been on has been just a blessing because we come together. That, I think that's unique about our organization. We all have these unique callings. Yes. But what brings us together? What's kind of this commonality of it? And uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun time. That's what we would hope is people making connections and having fun. And a lovely lovely uh, Edmunds days every yes. day, which um, shout out to Sam Milbrook, but that was just, a, uh, the weather was incredible. Um, nice, uh, cool, sunny days. So that was, uh, there were a lot of fun. So, well, Carolyn, I will, um, I don't know, anything last you want to share that you felt like you wanted to share and haven't? No, thanks for asking. And I'm always happy to be the guinea pig, um, the first first one, uh, the pilot of this series. So looking forward to hearing from some of our other members. Yeah. And so what we want to do is actually kind of follow the same theme is to talk about uh, people's callings, uh, where they feel like their specific calling is, um, and what what is unique about God has shown them. And even if they're in a process of learning that, that's okay. You, uh, even if you haven't arrived to that unique thing that you feel like that people can share. So thank you again, Carolyn. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a great day. We appreciate you and, um, and the work you do. And, and thank you for being a healer and uh, coming alongside people and bringing light into the dark places of the world. That's, that's a great calling. So thank you for what you do. Thanks, Andy. Okay, bye. This has been the Global Service Associates Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Andy McCullough. Our theme song is Lay It Down by Travis and the Ghost. We hope you catch all our episodes so that we can all better connect as members. Thank you.